Hi, this is Drake. Welcome to the Probiotic Life. This podcast is where we explore the intricate relationships between human health, soil health, and ecological systems. Join me now for another exploratory conversation on the probiotic life. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Probiotic Life. I've got some great stuff for you today. Um, But before we get started with the interview, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's interacted with me, who's uh, reached out to me, who's connected with me, uh, whether that's on Instagram or Facebook uh, or by email. Um, You can check out the website, if you haven't already, at theprobiotic.life. I want to say a special thanks to Tabitha, who is a researcher. She um, she reached out to me and shared some of her research on probiotics and breast milk, which was quite fascinating. I loved chatting with her in person and delving into the intricacies of her research. And what I appreciated about that is that she reached out and shared with me. So if you feel like you have something to share, I would love to hear it. And in fact, what I'm going to do is put up a resources page on the website because when people share stuff with me, I don't want to just hold it to myself. I want to share it because I think the more that we can get this stuff out there, the more that we can show people that soil health is connected to human health, which is also connected to the health of our whole planet. So if you have something to share, don't be afraid to reach out and share it with me. Uh, if you have any suggestions, that too, connect with me. And this resource page is going to have sections on soil health, human health, and ecological health. Today, my guest is Drake Wynert. He is a farmer and teacher in Hawaii. He's one of the early adopters of Korean natural farming in the English-speaking world, And he's on the board of CGNF Hawaii, that is Cho's Global Natural Farming. So uh, check him out. His website is naturalfarminghawaii.net. He is also an active member and moderator on the Korean Natural Farming Facebook page. I will put links up to all of these in the show notes. So let's get going on this conversation into Korean Natural Farming. Thanks, Drake, for coming on The Probiotic Life. Um, So, yeah, do you want to just tell us a bit about how you grew up and sort of what's led you to the stage where you're at right now? So I I grew up um, here on the big island of Hawaii. Um, My my dad and my mom moved here in the 70s, and um, they started a fruit tree nursery. Um, You know, I, I... so to get us um, 
you know, to start a family business, they were looking around in Hawaii, wanted to put in some fruit trees and was not a nursery available to get what they wanted to plant. So, um, so they started that business. And, uh, so I largely, I grew up on that farm, not really engaged in agriculture at all. Um, and then I went off to study computer science in Montana and, um, came back and wanted to make the world a better place. And so I started to get into politics a little bit. And as I was going around meeting folks in the community, I met my neighbor, Ginger John, and he is a 60-year-old guy, and he was super excited, uh, one of the most experienced organic farmers around, and he's dancing around like a kid in a candy store. And so he was just blown away that he got his poha starts with his best organic material, and they were double the size by applying this thing called IMO, which I started studying, learning with him, found out it was called indigenous microorganisms, and that's kind of how my whole journey into Korean natural farming began. Yeah. So um, So what's poha? Poha is a, it's in the nightshade family, um, related to kind of tomatoes. It looks almost like a tomatillo, but it's, um, it's kind of this sweet, oh, sour, um, solanaceae. Yep. Nice. So it's a big tree like that, is it? No, it's, it's more of a, like a low shrub. It's, it's, I think it's also called like gooseberry or something. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And so you were just, um, hanging out with him because he was excited about what he was doing and, you know. And you were <laughs> you wanted to be part of it? Is that right? Uh, no, there's actually a cute girl at his farm that was wolfing for him. So I was I was cruising over there to check oh. her out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. That's a, that's always a uh, a motivating factor in these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. And so you 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 learnt about these IMOs for someone who's never seen IMOs or don't even know like indigenous microorganisms what what is it uh so indigenous microorganisms are the organisms that are living right around you so you actually have you're breathing in imos right now they're all over your skin um and primarily if you want to see them um you kind of have to go into a rich forest area and if you start looking under the leaf litter, you'll mm-hmm. see like white strands of things or in a wood chip pile, you'll see these white strands. And those are where they're, you know, have a whole lot of food. So they're able to propagate a whole lot. Um, but, you know, if you really, really, really want to see them, you got to get about a 400 times power microscope and look at them via a microscope and they're really diverse. Um, they're adapted to your area, and um, they tend to be hugely beneficial when you intentionally um, feed and partner with them. Yeah, uh, that's that's what's excited um, exciting me is the fact that every single um, area, every single different region has different IMOs, which means that they're um, adapted to that climate. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In every bioregion, every place, you're going to find microbes that are adapted to that local area. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty, it's, it's, um, it's almost impossible to get rid of them. Once heard a joke that, um, you know, Lysol can kill 99% of everything and only Chuck Norris can kill 100% of everything. 
but but literally you can't get rid of all the bacteria even chuck norris couldn't do that um yeah (laughs) i mean i i read that there's actually um a a position at nasa they like uh, someone who checks to make sure there's every single microbe um clean before they send a spaceship up off to wherever mars or something i'm not even sure that's possible i mean as soon as you brought it outside to launch it would get covered in stuff again and the contamination would just happen you know i mean there's there's even there's even microbes in space there's a there's a large um following that you know like the fungus traveled here on a a meteorite because their spores can go live in space um you know immune to radiation all cold all those things so yeah and the um i was just reading about the tardigrade too have you heard heard about a little water bear oh yeah yeah i mean i've seen the pictures of those things they're really cute yeah (laughs) Yeah. they're like these things that can like survive for like is it 30 or 50 years without water can sustain uv radiation it's like that's impressive i mean that's the power of micro different microbes isn't it well, yeah, and and uh, Elaine was Elaine Ingham uh, was telling me that they have nematodes in vials for like decades, and there's no food, no air, nothing going into there, and the nematode's still alive and moving. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, cool. <laughs> there's more than we understand for sure. Yeah. So you shared with us a bit about your story. Uh, what you know? Uh, well, where you, where you came from? So how did you get to what you're doing right now you know uh, when i when i found out about this stuff i just i just dove into it super passionately um was was brought largely to me by ginger john and dr park um and you know they were they were teaching they were exploring um i i was able to go to korea within about the first year of learning about this stuff and i and, and I just saw, you know, it, it just immediately was one of those things that, like, as soon as I found out about Korean natural farming, my life was not the same anymore. And so with that, like, coming in, it's just like, man, like, everything I thought I knew before was, um, it was completely changed. So so with that, uh, helping helping them to kind of dive in and, and uh, you know, I, I, I created a website and started to share the information I was learning through through a blog. Yeah, wow. And so you're, you're sort of the one that's got that whole um, Hawaiian Korean natural farming uh, online presence. Is that right? Yeah, I, I started naturalfarminghawaii.net in 2009 or so. Um, at one point, I, I ran out of money and everything, and the thing completely crashed. But, uh, but I put it back up, and it's... Um, it gets about a thousand visitors a day, and um, you know, on the Facebook group, I see there's always new people um, coming in asking questions. Yeah, there's there's been a huge influx there, and kind of kind of interesting thing. I actually didn't create the Facebook group. Um, one one a, a woofer that was staying here at this farm, Glow, started that, and um, and and I also run a monthly meeting for the past eight years where. We have about a hundred folks show up for a potluck meeting, and I actually didn't start that meeting either. Um, it kind of started out of um, Dr. Park and Gil Karangdan. You know, we decided to just meet every second Tuesday of the month, and I just kind of inherit these things because I'm I'm like stubborn and persistent, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, you're you're available, right? I, I see your interaction with a lot of people. Um, you put in a lot of hard work, um, and you, you're available for people to chat to. So I guess people look up to you for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, um, you know, I, I know about the Federal Reserve System and the money is really, you know, someone just prints it out of thin air and we all fight over it. And and so I don't I don't try to value myself in Federal Reserve notes. How how I value myself is largely like, you know, if I help you out and you inoculate your yard and you have less runoff going into the ocean and we're able to save, in your case, maybe the Great Barrier Reef or in my case, you know, the corals around my island, you know, and, and, and I'm a, we're able to eat better food and we're able to, to come together where we can create our own fertility and prosperity from what we have right here. That's a huge payoff for me. So, so, yeah. you know, so, so making myself available, that's like, that's my paycheck is like, wow, you are able to take your garden and grow so much better. Like, awesome. I just, you know, the world's a better place now. Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting that you say it that way too, because here in Western Australia, we have the, um, the Wajak Noongar people. They're the, um, indigenous people of this region. Mm. Um, and I think probably like a lot of, um, indigenous people, they have this, um, really cool relationship with nature where, um, they're actually like the caretakers. They they look after the the land, and they have all their stories that um, convey that and like about how to do that. Especially a place like Western Australia here, where it's really um, the sands that Perth is built on are like some of the oldest sands in the world. So they're really um, at least not not the hills, but the the um, the sands. Basically, they're old sand dunes. So there's there's nothing in the soil, and so. For the um, the Aboriginal people to live here, they really had to um, understand and take real notice of you know what was going on because it was life or death. And I really um, like that way of thinking about connecting and sharing, and it's part of community as well, I guess, isn't it? Oh well, yeah, and and I mean a huge indigenous thing that I've heard, you know, is is always thinking about the seventh generation. You know, so so a dollar today that I earn a dollar, but I cut down the forest to earn that dollar, you know, isn't necessarily helping the seventh generation that's going to need clean water, clean air, um, you know, uh, intact mycelial microbial system. You know, mm, as we, as we yeah. cut down old growth forests, you know, we lose our microbial inheritance which is, which is huge, you know, and, and we don't, we don't dollar value those in ways that, that, that leaves those for the seventh generation today. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, when you bring that into like currency and, and, um, you know, politics, it's, uh, <laughs> it's largely, you know, about what can I do right now to get as, as much as I can right now. And that's, you know, and if you're valuing that in dollars, you're not saying, well, Hey, you know, the best thing I could do is plant trees and ensure this, mycelial network is going to be intact, you know, and increasing our, our human microbiome as well. Yeah, yeah. It's either about the dollar or about the next vote, trying to promise people stuff just so you can get it, get the next vote. So, so how did you come to um, your, your outlook on life, your, your, your worldview, the way that you see it now, um, for you to say, yeah, this is the way I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to value um, 
you know, giving out and building community um, and sharing with people rather than the dollars. Uh, you, you know, actually, I mean, one, one, a huge defining moment for me was, uh, there's a video on YouTube called the most important video you'll ever see. And essentially it's this professor talking about exponential theory. He's talking about how, you know, the, the classic doubling problem of like, oftentimes humans, we think in these linear scales, but our actions and our thing, the things we interact with are actually based on this exponential function, which means that, you you know, we usually think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but in doubling exponentially, it goes one, two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128. And so by the time we're at like number six or so, this thing's already at 128. Mm, yeah. And the next for us is going to be seven, which is just one more. And the next for that is going to be 256, which is just a huge jump. Yeah. And so understanding ex- exponential theory just brought me into like, okay, I got to change the way I'm looking at resources. And if you go by exponential theory and you say, okay, today we fished out 50% of our ocean, that only means we have one more doubling period left, which doesn't mean, you know, we have, oh, well, we're at 50%. We got twice as much time. No, it means we got one more doubling period, which happens for human life to be in about, um, you know, 10 years or so is what 10 to 10 to 20 years is how often we're doubling. And so when you look at that and you say, okay, well, you know, how, how much time do we have before you have zero fish? You know, it's like, we got like 20 years, 10, 10 to 20 years. And so it's like, it really brings me to like, a um, a thing of like, well, there's no time to waste, you know, mm. like we don't got like, you know, 200 more years. We got literally like this decade to really, you know, um, get serious about things like erosion, fishing, all of those things. Yeah. And, and, and the the and the, the other the other second you know huge huge defining point for me was to realize that microbes grow exponentially. So so in the face of this like kind of dismal like oh no we're screwed type of situation, I also managed to find this tool that actually doubles every thirty minutes. Microbes on on rule of thumb is they double every thirty minutes. So where we double every 10 to 20 years and we have this huge problem, they double every 30 minutes. And so the solution that came to me was like, wow, okay, we got to partner with these microorganisms because they are the ones that are going to, you know, um, replicate fast enough to become a solution to us and what, you know, what the present path we're on. Yeah, yeah. And the more that I'm learning about is like how soil health is so important to all aspects, you know, to, you know, not just carbon, but um, clean water and all those, you know, different things, healthy food, nutritious food. So that's, um, that's really cool that you talk about microbes like that way in an exponential way. So what are some of the, the reactions to people sort of outside um, uh that don't really know about um, microbes or Korean natural farming? And what are some of the things that you see that really um, light people up? Well, so, so I mean, largely here on my island, I was on the front edge of this movement. I, I, I started with, um, I was one of the first handful, maybe the first dozen, the first 30 people to, to learn about 
Korean natural farming here. Mm. And so when I, when I started, basically nobody knew about it. Like nobody, nobody. You, you walk around, you know, like I would say IMO people have, you know, they don't even have a figment of an imagination of what I'm talking about. Mm. And, and so, um, you know, so, so it was a huge education campaign, but, but in the past 10 years, since we've been really, you know, pursuing this, you go into Hilo town now and you say IMO and people are like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that works. They, they may not know exactly what it is or how it works or, or, you know, the intricate details. Like, you know, I can go into like discourse for hours on this stuff you know, but they know it's something that's good. They know it's something they should pay attention to. Mm. They know someone in their near relations that it's worked for. Yeah. And that's, and that's what's really brought this into light is it? it's, it's based on solid truth. I don't have to sell you some phantom thing. In fact, Korean natural farming, we don't even really sell things. We do, we, you know, the education, we, we, you know, we make a living at it because I gotta, you know, gotta, got to pay the man as they say yeah but um you know but but largely um yeah there's there's nothing for sale we're not selling you anything i'm i'm showing you a way that you can you know solve your uh, ibs your your irritable bowel syndrome i'm showing you a way that that you can um grow bigger tomatoes uh you know um in 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 the way the way we got it out there was was largely you know the proof is in the plants Mm, you know i I could talk to you all day about this but it's the same thing ginger john saw where his starts are twice as big and it's like you can't argue with success yeah that's right and the the other the other huge win for korean natural farming over any other organic farming thing is how this affects the livestock any other system I, i have i have pigs right here in this neighborhood you know, right, right in a pig pen. My, yesterday, I had a farm tour come up, look at it. it. They just, they can't believe themselves. There's literally no smell. Have chickens, no smell. You know, I, and it scales up to huge sizes. Where we have 40, 50, you know, I, when I was in Korea, I saw like an 800 pig piggery. And literally, you're standing there and it's, you don't want to run away. You're actually kind of drawn to it. And, and, you're not vomiting or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can't argue with that. Pigs, you go to any other pig pen and you're just like, you just wish you could go someplace else and get away from it. Yeah. And, yeah. and when, so when you see Korean natural farming do that with the pigs, it's just, you can't argue. Mm. Yeah. And so, so people just see that and they're drawn to it. Mm. And, and what I love about um, just going through the, um, the um, PDF book is there's, there's actually philosophy behind it. It's, a, it's about, um, you know, respect and, and being observant and you could call it meditation as well if you want to say um, being, being present in your environment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, Master Cho, you know, he he starts with talking about the farmer's heart. Mm. You know, and, and, and people ask me, oh, well, can natural farming scale? And, you know, my, my kind of rhetorical kind of snarky answer is, how big is your heart? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you can, if you can love a million acres, then scale it to a million acres. If you can only love, you know, a hundred square feet, then, then that's as big as you can scale Korean natural farming. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I'll just meditate on that for a second. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean to go to go a little further into it. I just, you know, I, I the mentors that have taught me Korean natural farming. I see them, and literally, you know, if they start talking, they'll they'll start crying mm. because of you know just the issues I talked about of of you know where our world's at and and how much hope and promise this brings to the world and how much you know just how integral it is to get this to folks because microbes are hidden by nature you know yeah. we we do we can't see them and how but each of us that discover this and incorporate these practices how profoundly it affects our lives and mm. they just they just break down in tears because they're like i wish everybody knew about this yeah yep. you know and i think that i think that time is coming it, it is gaining momentum it is um exponential as you say um you know, for in in my journey, I injured my back in um, 2015, and I couldn't even hardly walk for three months. Like I was like in a wheelchair, and then I was like, you know, in, in not in a good place. And you know, as a trade, as a landscaper for the last 15 years, like I was, that that's how I made my living. And you know, I didn't do stuff well. I didn't insure myself properly or anything, but it was a real time of like, well, it was a kick in the butt, you know, to start thinking about things. <laughs> Um, but it was also a time of reflection of what do I think is actually important? What, um, what matters to me? Um, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people are so busy that they don't, they don't think about those things these days. Um, but, I, you know, as I started to, to do that, getting, then I found Korean natural farming. And similar to you, I was just like, oh, my goodness, this can save the world. I'm just trying to do everything at once. And then I got a little bit overwhelmed. But, um, you know, one thing at a time. And, uh, and this podcast is a, is a bit more about that, um, you know, sharing, sharing that knowledge with you. So I really appreciate your time to uh, come on and share with us a, a bit about it. Uh, would you like to just go into a bit more detail about um, the different preparations of um, Korean natural farming and, and what they're used for? And maybe a little bit about like how it was developed Okay. Well, well, just just to follow up on what you said, that yeah. your your number one tool on the farm, number one tool on the farm, is you. It's your body. Mm. And if that isn't an operation, you you can't do anything else. And so I, I I'm also attracted to Korean natural farming for that reason. Other farming modalities would use like poisons to do certain things. This one. The same things I can eat, I can restore my number one tool, which is my own body, mm. and then I can use the same things on my on my soils and, and around. And and so and so what what those tools are? We, basically, I've 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 kind of been working with a, a few folks here: um, Chris Trump, Kim Chang, Dr. Park, Mike Hubble, Liz Cannon, um, and we've kind of codified the the methods taught by master Cho and we've really broken them down into nine core things. And I, and I, every time I try to further simplify that, you know, and, and through, you know, I'm not saying I'm the pro progenitor of any of these, that, you know, many people are standing on the shoulder of giants. Um, but, but largely we break it down into two things. You have microbes on one hand and you have foods on the other hand. The, the microbes are simple. They're, they're broken down into two things. We basically have lactic acid bacteria, which is a probiotic. I often refer to it as the National Guard. 
or, or emergency workers, like, like police. Cool. You know, they're, they're expensive to have around, but they keep things in order. And then, and, and they, they, they fulfill a duty. You don't want to have a ton of police everywhere. It gets kind of stifling, plus it's hugely <laughs> expensive. And that's why we have the second thing of, of microorganisms in Korean natural farming, which is the IMO, which are the indigenous microorganisms, which are more analogous to like the citizens. So if, you know, it, it's like you and I, we're, we're just people, we go to work, we do our thing, we're, we're great, um, you know, and we keep the thing running, you know, and so, and so we're, we're like the farmers growing the food and doing the things. And th- those are the IMOs. So, so those two, the lactic acid bacteria in tandem with the indigenous microorganisms are the two things that really help to get the microbes balanced in the soil. Right. Okay. It, yep. it, it, and not only balanced, it's, it's like we're taking them and we're, we're enhancing them in a way. It's like, it's like we're taking them and giving them, you know, a, a college education and then sending them off into some space, you know, so they can learn how to, to, to drink um, water out of the air, mm. you know, you know, and imagine, imagine someone came to you and they said, Hey, let me teach you how to drink water out of the air. Like, look how much more productive you would be in your life. And that's what we're doing. We're just taking a random sample, educating them to this high level and then redeploying them back into the environment. And they motivate all the rest of the microbes to be a little bit more productive. And so they're actually, um, are they getting eaten by the other microbes or they're working working with the other microbes? Like I'm, I'm pretty sure lactic acid bacteria, they get consumed by other microbes. Is that right? You know, they, they, do, they do to a certain degree. It's really hard to tell what's actually happening in the soil. You know, you can basically inoculate with a certain thing and then go look with a microscope and see what happens. But you can't really see, you know what's happening it's 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 almost impossible to see but uh, you know but there are ways to tell you know the the main metric we're using is um looking for beneficial fungus in the soil and so under a microscope you can see that right yeah that might that mycelium Mm -hmm. and so you've talked to um elaine ingham obviously had some interaction with her what what have you guys talked about well, Elaine, Elaine was, you know, I talk about uh, milestones in my life. Uh, Elaine was one of those mm. where I'd learned all this kind of like magic, like hand waving, like, ooh, do this and it works, you know. And then when I met Elaine, it's like, it's like, well, here, let's actually put this under the microscope and see why it's working. Yeah. So it enabled me to get really scientific on this other, these other methods that I found and, you know, I, I took her week long course and learned all about her systems, the biology, how to identify things, um, you know, the whole soil food web, which is so integral to this whole system. Yeah. You know, to, to life, basically. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I mean, that's that was a huge milestone for me mm. studying with her. And so that's that's. Um tied in quite nicely to what you're doing is that what you're saying yeah yeah before i I would say before i was operating with like a black box right and then she gave me a transparent box so i could look and i could see what's going on Mm. Mm -hmm. you know and and, then that helped me be a better korean natural farmer because then i can go and tune certain things that i'm doing certain practices yeah 
you know, when I can see what's going on, it, you still can't really see what's going on, but you, but you can see before and after pictures and that's, you know, as good as it can get, I think. Yeah. And like you said, it's the results. I mean, you can't see the interactions in the soil. As soon as you take that out of the sample, things change. Right, right. And, and before, before Elaine, I could see, okay, so I, so I use this IMO and I see, okay, my, my plants twice as big, the leaves are greener. They're, you know, they're looking healthier. Right. But with Elaine, I could take that that macro level observation and I could say, OK, what was the biology before? And now I've applied these things. I see this result happen in my plants. Now, what is the biology after? And it turns out one of the keys is, well, now now that I've been applying this these formulas, I now have um, more fungus in the soil. I now have operational protozoas. You know, a, a population that's in balance, and, and that that then took this correlation, which before was just like do this, your plant gets healthier. To now do this, it changes your fungal, your soil food web, and that's why you're getting these healthier plants. Yeah. So it kind of took a little bit of the mysticism out of it. You know, like why is this working? Yeah, that's um, that's a bit of my journey too. Is just finding out. Um. I sort of tried everything all at once, but never did really learn the discipline of doing it the right way. And now I feel like I'm coming back to, all right, like how do I do it? Because there's obviously been a lot of um, experience behind this. Like, is it 80 years or something of of experience? Uh, well, I mean, if, if you're talking about Master Cho himself, he's been doing it about yeah, 60 years or so. Um, but he even goes back to like Rudolf Steiner and biodynamic. And before right. there, there's a whole lineage that comes through. Yeah. And, and, and even in my learning, you know, I first, I, I happened to first meet Master Cho when I first got into it, but I discounted his teachings a little bit because they're expensive and they're really precise. And it's like, you know, I, I'd rather shoot with a shotgun than a sniper rifle. Yeah. You know, and, and so, so I, so I studied with Gil Karangdang in the Philippines. I studied with, um, young Song Cho, his son. I studied with a bunch of other folks and it, it only through those comparisons was I able to realize, wow, the, f you know, it's not often you find like treasure on your first shovel load, you know, and you, so then you keep digging thinking, oh, well, you know, if I found treasure my first time, I want to find more of this. Yeah. And it turns out, not, like, I hit the pay dirt the first shovel load. <laughs> like, that's just in our lives, you know. But only later, after digging and finding different types of treasure, you know, and respecting and appreciating how those come in, that I was like, wow, his methods are actually, like, some of the most um, optimal and, and, and it's hard, hard for your ego to kind of swallow that at first sometimes mm. of like, wow, I should just humble myself and learn from this guy. You know, I always want to think, well, I know better or comparative research is going to teach me more. And it's like, well, at this point in my life, I'm like, I just want to sit down at his feet and be like, teach me whatever you know, and I'll practice as best as I can. And, mm. you know, like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. It sounds like um, Chris Trump is um, in the same sort of uh, in terms of him, like being like, "Yep, yeah, I will actually uh, let go of my pride and and uh, yeah, learn everything from you." Yep. Mm. Yep. And, uh, and Chris, Chris is a really good friend of mine, and um, 
so for both of us to let go of our pride and to work together as we're both huge, huge advocates here is, you know, it's, that's, that's where my, my ego needs a little bit of a, a check right now at this point, I would say. <laughs> Fair enough. We're, we're always uh, growing and learning, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you've got these different preparations because um, we've been talking about IMOs, but we haven't actually talked about, for people who have never heard of them before, um, just a quick uh, process, you know, with the rice, with the sugar, all that sort of stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so the so the recipe promulgated by Master Cho and that we carry through CGNF uses is, is heavily rice based because it comes out of Korea, which is a rice com- country. Um, so the so the process is, and, and it turns out rice is actually you know one of the best things. There's other substitutes, but rice is the best. So. The process is to hard cook your rice, which means a little less water than rice. Then wait for that rice to cool. Cook it cook it how you would. It'll be a slightly crunchier than you would normally do to eat. And then I use a lauhala basket. So any natural material basket, meaning not plastic and just breathable basket. And they even use wood boxes. And then that's covered so that the microbes can communicate with gases. So covered with a breathable thing like a T-shirt or a cloth, or I just use the lid of the lauhala basket. Mm-hmm. And then I set it set it in the woods, and I just set it right outside my house here in this nice place where an avocado is dropping a fair amount of leaf litter, where there's, there's about four to six inches of accumulated leaf litter. And if I look on that leaf litter, I'm going to see mycelia, the white, white spiderweb-looking stuff growing. And I just scrape the leaf litter away, get right down to the soil, set my box in direct contact with the soil. And then all the material that I had scraped away, I just put back on top of the box in a slight cocoon type of fashion. And that's the basis. So I'm setting out a starch material in a natural material container in a rich environment. And what's going to happen is over the next, in my case here in Hawaii, it's about three days, all this white, cotton candy, cotton ball looking stuff is going to grow on top of my, um, my rice. And if, and if, and if it was a little bit wet or something odd happened, I'm going to get a tie dye looking thing, like all these different colors. Mm -hmm. And that just means it went a little bit anaerobic, which is, which is okay. It's like, you know, you don't, you want to have a good aerobic collection though, which is that cotton candy. And so, so after those three days and, I've, and I see that real nice mycelia, I can actually feel the bottom. The box will be a little bit warm. I then just take that and mix it with equal parts of brown sugar, which essentially takes all that life I've collected from this rich environment and puts it into a hibernating state. And I, I often use the analogy of, of Han Solo and carbonite. Yeah. So if, if you're a Star Wars fan, you can see, you know, Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite. And that's really what we're doing. We're just freezing these microorganisms so that we can, you know, just, you know, use them when we're ready. Cool. So, so the sugar actually gives them food, but it also puts them to sleep. Is that right? Yeah, because it cuts off their access to moisture. So it exerts osmotic pressure on them. And if you ever take a thing of a cube of brown sugar, and I'm, anytime I'm talking about sugar, I'm talking about brown sugar. But take a cube of brown sugar, put it in your mouth, and it'll make you super thirsty mm. because it's osmotically pulling the moisture out of your tongue. And that's that same phenomenon that the microbes go through. That They get so thirsty that they just go to sleep. 
and they, you know, they go into a spore form or they just kind of go into this hibernative state, but they're preserved at that point. And that, that white fuzzy stuff, the, the woolies, that's <laughs> fungal hyphae or, I mean, or fungus, or is that like actinomyces? No, you know, for, from my, from my understanding, it's, it's more like bacillus simplus or bacillus subtilis and it's and you're not necessarily seeing the fungal hyphae when you smell the stuff you smell the rice it'll kind of smell like rich forest floor Mm. so your nose is a better detector than your eyes actually of what you can smell and and right now i think chris and and some other folks on the other side of the island are doing dna testing to like tell us well what is it because we don't really know and every time it's slightly different yeah. But um, but what you're seeing is is telling you a different story of what's happening in the rice. You know, it's like they're it's like the canary in the mine shaft. They're kind of these markers for mm. what else is happening. Yeah. So it's an indicator of if what you're collecting is the stuff that you want to be collecting. Yeah. 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 Whether whether what happened in the rice is aerobic or anaerobic mm. and, and you'll be able to determine that by kind of this cotton candy on top, which I, I'm not entirely even sure what it is. It's, you know, we, we're, we're, we're finding that out, actually, as, as we speak. So this is cutting-edge stuff then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, like, get a couple PhDs while you're at it. <laughs> awesome. And so you've, you've collected that. That's, that's, that will be IMO2, right, the, the sugar and the rice together? Correct. And, and then, and then to go to go on further, we then um, we then grow it out in a in a substrate very similar to bokashi, which is essentially taking um, in in our case here we use wheat holes, and fifty percent wheat holes, uh, which which is ground, it's kind of this powdered form, mm-hmm. and fifty percent wood chips, and then mix that with the other foods that I was speaking of, which which are in a liquid form. And moisten that pile up with a big handful of the IMO2. So those preserved Hansol and carbonite, we put them into this substrate. We then add liquid and food for them. Mm. And then the whole key is is you're gonna turn this pile. You're 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 making like a compost pile, except for you're not trying to break things down. You're actually trying to grow biology up. So the key is to turn that pile. So to not let it go above 120 degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. because if it goes over 120 degrees, you're growing a set of biology that is not what we want. So that would be getting into thermophilic um, biology as opposed to, I guess, mesophilic. Yeah, yeah, and there's a whole bunch of scientific terms that just give us ideas for these phenomenon. Yeah. And and but the basic the basic idea is that if you go out in nature. You never see something, you, you know, you, ne- you never see a wood chip pile that's heating up to 150, 160 degrees. It just doesn't happen in nature. Mm, yeah. These other microbes are, are based around what man has been doing to manipulate our environment. Yeah. You know, and so, so, so these, these other microbes that grow at these higher temperatures aren't necessarily suited for what's happening in the natural environment. So that's why we're growing these low temperature microbes because they are attuned to what's happening out in nature. That's actually really interesting. That's uh, one thing I really liked about um, when I started getting into Korean natural farming is it goes uh, quite nicely uh, with the whole no-till agriculture. Yeah, the the base, I mean, the only time you till in Korean natural farming is, is if you're doing a root crop 
or if you're building your initial soil mounds, you know, so, so make your, make your furrows the way you want and then you inoculate and you never have to do the digging again Mm. because the microbes will do, will, will make your, your soil so fluffy and so rich. There's no point to dig. Like we, we, we think, Oh, I'm going to soften the soil with this shovel. As soon as it rains, as soon as it gets wet, it's more compacted than when you started because you disturbed the biology, which was the true aerators anyway. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, so for people who haven't heard about this, basically what you're saying is that you add this biology, you add this, these microbes to the soil and they're going to build that structure. They're going to build, um, the right conditions that you don't have to till and yet you'll still get the same, if not better results with your crops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you follow, if you follow Korean natural farming as outlined by, by master Cho, and as we've been promoting through CGNF, you, you don't have to till and you will get, you know, as good, if not better results. That's pretty awesome. That's, uh, that's what I want to share here in Australia and especially in Western Australia, you know, it's a million square kilometers. Um, it's pretty dry or most of it, a, a lot of it is desert down South is, um, a bit wetter. It's more like the uh, Pacific Northwest. And then up north is uh, tropical. So probably similar to Hawaii. But in between that, there's like a lot of land that's um, actually used to be um, either grassland or or bush. And then there's also desert there. But it's just been degraded by uh, overgrazing. There's a lot of mining that happens here as well. And that's what I want to get into Australia and especially in Western Australia, which is such a vast, you know, there's only 2 million people in Western Australia. And I think it's like 1.7 million people live in Perth. The rest of Western Australia <laughs> is like, there's, there's more sheep than people. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the cool, the cool thing about this is it works in any environment. So, mm. so even in the tropics to the, to the temperate, to the arid, it, it, it it works. There's microbes in every environment. And what you're doing is you're just enhancing those microbes there. You're, um, you know, <laughs> so it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what what are you looking forward to or what, what are you excited about? Any sort of like new things that are happening uh, for you or new things that are happening in terms of Korean natural farming? Uh, yeah, well, all kinds of stuff. I'm excited, like, I'm excited, man. Like the whole deal is exciting. Um, but you know, so I just, I just have been working on a certification platform so that we can take those nine, um, solutions and ensure that the integrity is passed on. Cause like, like I said, um, master Cho, you know, the first time I hit the treasure and it's like, I want to pass that treasure on and not mm. let it get degraded as best as possible, you know? And so passing that on, we got our certification system going, um, the Facebook group, you know, took four or five years to get to 5,000 members in the past couple months. We're now up to like 7,600 or something. Wow. It's just going yeah. crazy. Um, I, I've really, you know, I've seen a lot of growth with, um, some of the, the cannabis industry. Yeah. And so these, cause they, they have the money and the time to really, uh, experiment on different things and, so I'm excited. The, the guys that I've been working with have just been blowing people's minds in terms of the results they're getting, ultra low cost. 
And so I see that whole industry, you know, if they're trying to grow medicinal plants, then growing it with medicine is just going to make your end result that much better. Mm, yeah. And, and on that whole line of, of the medicinal foods coming online, that's, that's one of Dr. Park's reasons for getting into it is, you know, the food we eat is causes us to go into be sick. But as we do Korean natural farming, the food becomes, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I can say this, but medicinal grade food. Um, and, and so, so the health of the people coming back, the health of the soil, um, you know, I, I'm going to study with Master Cho in a week. I'm going to go, go do advanced studying on, on pigs. That, Ooh, that's, yeah. that's huge. Oh, what else? I mean, there's so much to be excited about. Like, it's, it's actually, it's, it's bringing my family together. You know, my mom's getting stoked on this. Someone who I'd never, ever thought would get into the garden is now like, yeah. oh, you know, like, yeah. I want to learn about this. And it's bringing us together. That's so cool. That's that's what I love about it. It's like it's a discipline, but it's also bringing together people. And I've seen that in terms of um, getting into the garden and healthy produce, farmer's markets, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that sa- same thing for me was um, – Basically, I, I was interested in the the whole cannabis scene uh, because they do what works because they're making money at it. They have uh-huh. a fair bit of um, you know capital to work with, and they're not necessarily just going to take advice from the man. They're going to do um, and, and do the research. So in the, in that respect, they're some of the best citizen scientists around. <laughs> Well, and, and if I if I could look out a little bit further into the future on this for ex- excitement, I yeah. So for for um, for forever, agriculture has been cast out to the countryside. Like you, you start getting into to raising like like CAFOs, like like what they do with the cows and what they're doing with the pigs and the chickens, and they're these gross things that they put into these sheds and and mm. you know and it and it ruins the the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and so. What I can see is actually bringing agriculture back into the center of our city. Mm. So, so a project I want to work on here is that right next to our farmer's market, put in a pig pen. So as you're coming in to buy at the farmer's market, you can bring your compost to the pig pen, get pork credits, and your food then, instead of having the farmer have to drive it out to his pig pen, the pigs can be right in the middle of the city. And we can close these loops that have been just decimated in, with chains lately in, the, yeah, in our present yeah. paradigm and turn them back into these cycles. So the pigs are doing your recycling. You're getting port credits. You know, it's right there. It's like it's happening. And, and we can actually bring agriculture. Like you can literally have a pig pen in, a, in an apartment complex in Perth. Yeah, and it's like cool. – and, and it would do all your recycling for your whole building. You know, it's like that, that to me, that to me is just going to be, it, that's going to be the big shift that we get yeah. back. Yeah. And that's, I mean, even if people are a bit nervous about pigs, let, let's just talk about chickens. I mean, chickens, uh, I know that at the Per City farm that I um, volunteer at, some people are afraid to go around to the chickens because it sort of stinks. And, and I'm like, it doesn't have to stink. Let's, you know, let's start with if you're afraid of pigs, let's start with something a bit smaller and and show people how it works. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and yeah, chicken same same thing. I always I always talk about pigs because they're they're notoriously stinky. But yeah. chickens chickens are also super stinky if you're not doing it right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so so bring bringing the chickens back in, and everyone loves eggs. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if you you know <laughs> eggs are in almost everything, whether you eat raw eggs or not. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually heard um, Joel Salatin talk about if every third household in a city raised chickens. Uh, first of all, you get rid of all the that uh, green waste and food waste, and you'd be able to provide enough eggs for every single household in the city. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's happening right in the city. Yeah. Uh, I w- yeah. Want to be respectful of your time and uh, wrap it up here. But can you just leave uh, any words of wisdom or anything that you want to just um, say about you know this show is about the probiotic life. What's what's uh, a takeaway that you want to leave people with? Well, I would say I would say one of the one of the biggest takeaways is that you know part of we call it Korean natural farming, and because there's so few farmers today, because you know because of reasons of how we do it today, people think, well, I'm not a farmer, so this doesn't apply to me, right? And they're just gonna keep moving, keep going about their life. But you know, but what I've found with Korean natural farming, and even when I teach my classes. The things people are most interested in is, is for instance, like, like, I don't know if you, well, I guess those guys are on audio, so they can't see my fingernail anyway, but I've been taking the water soluble calcium, which is one of the foods that I I didn't really even get into. Mm. And I've been taking it as a human supplement and my teeth are stronger. My fingernails are stronger. My whole body, like I, I drink the maintenance solution, which is which is fermented plant juice, oriental herbal nutrient, and and brown rice vinegar. I drink mm. that. So so when I call this thing Korean natural farming, people think, oh, I don't farm. But everyone is farming. Look, you're farming your gut microbiome. Mm. You are farming trillions of living livestock, in a certain sense, in your guts, on your body, in your, in your immediate space. And so as you take this and you expand out a little bit more of like, well, I am a farmer and I do do these things. And, and just the probiotic approach to this, the whole thing, it just it's, it's limitless, really. So the takeaway is don't just discount it because it's farming and you're not a farmer. You are a farmer. And yeah. these things can help you in so many ways that, that we haven't even begun to, to, um, to, to explore that. That's a good way of summing it up. Everybody is a farmer. We're farming microbes. Yeah. <laughs> Trillions of them, man. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a big responsibility. Well, thanks so much for your time, Drake. I really appreciate it. And um, I want to do my best to get get the word out there. So any uh, places that people can connect with you, uh, reach out to you, follow this Korean Natural Farming? Yeah. So the, the I, I run my personal blog and the website is naturalfarminghawaii.net even if you google natural farming hawaii i think it's your first result the other thing i've been doing is getting our our nonprofit organization which is um, four master cho together and that is cho global natural farming hawaii Mm -hmm. and our website is cgnf-hawaii.org and if you go there and you join, it's $30 for a membership. There's all kinds of membership perks. 
and it helps us keep our organization together, um, put on education, get information out globally. And we even have a, a co-op where you can buy some books, although we're not shipping internationally right now. But um, we're putting together a question and answer thing through there where you actually can get um, advice from professionals and, um, you know, and making that relationship work. And I would say, you know, the third way is through the Korean Natural Farming Group on Facebook. And then um, you can reach out to me. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, you call me up, I'm, I'm available. I, I love doing this. It's like, that's my, that's my purpose in, on earth right now. Yeah. I just want to make folks sort of aware that, you know, if, if I go to consult on a farm here, I'm charging like 40 bucks an hour, you know? So there is a cost to like freedom isn't free as they say or whatever that is, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but I love it. I mean, and, and I'm passionate about it. So don't let that scare you or, you know, stop you from ask, asking a question to me. And, um, you know, I, I'm on, I'm on Facebook, you know, every, everyone that I teach, I say, call me, you know, 24 hours a day, I, I disable my phone when I'm, when I'm unavailable. So, yeah. so reach out, get involved. Um, and actually ask some of the students I've taught, they're really great folks that, that are, that are helping me get the word out. Great. Well, thanks for sharing a bit of your time and sharing uh, your knowledge. Um, yeah. And, uh, definitely stay in touch. I'd love to hear about what's, uh, some of your updates, what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, man, and, and feel free to reach out. I'd, I'd love to do another one and get more into the food aspect. So I appreciate what you're doing, and yeah, for sure. may the beneficial microbes be with you. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Ben. Well, I hope, I hope you and your family are well, man. Yeah, cheers. Uh, many blessings on you, and um, we'll be in touch. That sounds good, brother. Cool. Okay. Aloha. Cheers. Well, there you go. Everybody is a farmer of microbes. Thank you once again, Drake, for calling in from Hawaii. And thanks, guys, for listening. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and review on iTunes. That'd be fantastic. And check out The Probiotic Life on Instagram. We've got some great ideas about fermenting food, fermenting beverages, and growing your food at home. So get involved. I'd love to hear what your idea is of The Probiotic Life and some of the things that you're doing to create a probiotic life around you. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to The Probiotic Life. You can find us on Facebook at The Probiotic Life, on Instagram, The Probiotic Life, and on our website, theprobiotic.life. And some folks have reached out to me in Australia. So, um, hey, I've never gone down under, so I'd be up for it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Come have some uh, kangaroo. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs>